Blog Talk Radio. Donaldson Piles with Tom Donaldson, Coco Konski here is on a Tuesday, and uh, we got a lot to talk about. So we're gonna, so we, so we, so we're gonna have a nice, informative type show. And also, let me just introduce myself. All those people uh, tonight is six four six nine two nine zero one three zero six four six nine two nine zero one three zero. If you want to participate in the show. I am Tom Donaldson. I am the chairman of America's PAC, and I'm also the project director, research associate for America's Majority Foundation, the author of eight great books, including the rise of national populism and democratic socialism and boxing in the shadows. Coco. Hey, guys. What's up? My name's Coco. Um, I'm a podcaster. I'm a writer. And I host this show whenever possible, basically. Well, here's the okay. Like I said, we got uh, quite a bit to cover here, and I wanted to. We got several topics uh, that we're going to kind of go through, you know, about you know at least eight or nine of them today. Uh, so we're going to That's a lot of topics. A lot of topics here. All right. But the first, the first thing I want to do, because I want since you are tuned in to Hollywood, and oh yeah, I, I do want to make a special announcement. Uh, stay tuned. We're going to have some special announcements dealing with the show. That you know, and so you're going to really love some of the changes we do. Uh, so there are going to be some new additions to the show, uh, and so you know, keep tuned. Keep uh, you know, just keep tuned to what's going on. Because you're gonna, like I guess, say you're gonna like some of the changes uh, that are coming forth on the Bachelor News Radio Network and on the Donaldson Files. All right, but all right, I want to really kind of, first of all, get really into the Hollywood because that's your area of expertise, and right. and what's going on with Hollywood? What's you know with the pandemic? What's going to go happen in 2021? Because I certainly see. You know, I'll give an example. I'm seeing the advertisement for Wonder Woman 1984. And they've... Oh, yeah. They have the... But here, yeah, here's that. They're going to have the theater. But then they also are advertising it on HBO Max. Absolutely. Um, So I'm I'm totally excited about that because, like, I'm actually pretty sad because the last time I went to a movie theater, it was, like, the worst movie I could possibly see. It was Fantasy Island. And I'm very upset about that till this day. But that was the last movie I was able to see in theaters. Um, I think it's great that they're doing uh, these on HBO Max. HBO Max is pretty cheap. You get, like, I, I, I when they first launched, I immediately bought it just because um, they were doing away with the other HBO app. So I was like, okay. And... It's such a great app, Tom. Like, I, I, if you don't have HBO Max, you, you definitely have to because 
they also merged with Turner Classic Movies. So they have about yeah. 200 movies of Turner Classic. Um, so this they've is, also yeah. merged, they've, they've merged with Turner Classic. Um, they've merged with, um, obviously, Cinemax. Uh, that's why it's called HBO Max. Um, they've merged quite a bit. And there's the library itself. Um, like, if I was going to go on right now, there's over, like, I would say there's a well over 500 films. I hmm. know there's at least 100-something well, of, of uh, Turner Classic. Okay. All right, let me ask you a quick question here. Uh, okay, so Mac, so HBO Max, can't get that through cable. This is strictly off-cable. Yeah. You have to, you have is, to order it separate. It's, it's streaming app, so, like, you set streaming, it up. Okay. Basically, like, on demand for whatever, you know, um, they put out some pretty good shows. They have, like, weekly movies they put out, which are really good. They they even have, like, bundles, I guess. Like, they had a Harry Potter bundle, which is, like, every single Harry Potter movie. Um, they're, they're, pre- they're pretty good, actually. I, I really, I, I do enjoy it. And it's, like, 14 bucks a month, and, like, that's, like, less than, like, what it would take to go see one movie in a theater where I'm at. So um, I I think it's definitely worth it. I've been a fan since they launched and they'll have like, like I said, if you're like really into like Turner classic movies, like there's, this is like the app for you for sure. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Here's the thing. Here's the question I really want to get into because they advertise Wonder Woman on HBO max streaming and the theaters. Is this the wave of the future where they're going to basically – because it sounds – I mean, here's the thing. I guess my question is going to be, it used to be going to the movie theater was and it ended up itself in a bit. You get the popcorn. You know, it's a nice yeah. place to go have a date, go out with your friends. And is that disappearing? Well, yeah, especially with COVID. But I think it was like more it – w- it was starting to disappear pre-COVID. Um. I know, like, the, um, they originally, the Wonder Woman 1984, like, they weren't going to, like, release it on demand or whatever. Um, but mm-hmm. I think it's a really good idea that they're doing it. I prefer it. I mean, you know, um, like I said, like, you can, like, literally have people over. Um, I mean, I'm not having people over, but if that's something you're into, like, you know, you can do that. And, um it's uh, I def- it's definitely a wave of the future thing, I think. Um, and I think more. I mean, I remember when they did that with Trolls. They they released it on, what was it, Amazon, I think, when, when COVID mm-hmm. first started hitting, like, all these films were being pushed back, and they were, they were, yeah. um, they, they were being streamed, and they actually made more money, I think, um, streaming-wise than they would have in theaters. Yeah. Right, the reason, again, yeah, the reason, uh, yeah, because here's the thing. I mean, just, you know, because what I'm trying to figure out here is, first of all, number one, you know, how does Hollywood make money down the road? Or, I mean, is this a, I guess maybe put it this way, is there a profit margin better, the same? Would it be, because there, I mean, you got these, like I said, what you would call gangbuster type movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're expensive to make, and the question is, you know, how do you recoup your loss yeah. on, on 
your losses on those. It's not just movies like like the TV shows right now, you know, um, that are streaming. Like Raised with Wolves is um, a a Max HBO Max original, and it's like doing so well. And you know, with Netflix, and you have all these streaming apps that you can just watch from home or like on your phone or your computer, wherever you want to watch it, you can like you can watch it. And I think it's so much more easier than being in a room full of people, which I'm not doing. So, you know, I think it's great. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, yeah. I, well, let me ask you, let me throw it this way. Are they going to make more or less money doing this? Or and plus, let me, and because one of the other aspects of the theater is what you get is, okay, for example, the IMAX experience, you know, you, you know, they got the audio or the audio where you can, you know, it's almost like, uh, how should I, you know, what's the proper word when we have, let's say. Surround sound. Surround sound. Yeah. Surround sound. Uh, and so, yeah, I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with that, but I think it's like, especially yeah. like California right now is on lockdown. So, like, where are you going to go? There's no place to go, like, unless, like, you're going to a drive-in theater and, like, there's no drive-in theaters near me. So, I think it's, like, the perfect Mm -hmm. option is to, like, kind of just, you know, have it streaming. And they're going to do this. They're going to make money no matter what. I mean, you say you're going to – like, let's take a look at the Mulan. Mulan, when it first came to, like, Disney, it was, like – I think it was, like, $30 or something to rent. And it got, like – it made made a killing. And because – once you, um, I guess, downloaded it, you it's yours to watch forever. So you're basically like buying the movie. Well, hold on to that thought. We'll be right back to follow up. This is Tom Donaldson and Coco Konski here on the Donaldson Files, the Bachelor News Radio Network. Tune in to You and the Law with Chief Virgil Green and Chief Keith Humphrey. The show focuses on law enforcement and their relationship with the black community while letting you know your legal rights as a citizen when confronted by the police. Listen live every Tuesday night from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern at blogtalkradio.com and the podcast every Monday through Sunday at 4 a.m. and 6 p.m. Eastern at thebachelornews.airtime.pro. Yeah, so don't forget the uh, on the Bachelor News Radio Network also. If you want real discussions on politics, social issues, racial issues, and other topics, then tune into the Bachelor News Radio Show. Listen live every Monday and Thursday from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern at blogtalkradio.com. And if you miss the show, you can listen every Monday through Saturday at 8 a.m. and 3 p.m. Eastern and every Sunday at 5 a.m. and 3 p.m. at thebachelornews.airtime.pro. Listen and be informed. And don't forget you can listen to our show Tuesday, Wednesday, 6 to 7 p.m. on this particular network, Eastern Standard Time. And... Every day, 3 a.m. to 10 a.m. on the Bachelor News Radio, BachelorNews.airtime.pro. Uh, like I say, uh, with the, uh, we're going to have some uh, special news coming up in the next couple of, you know, the next week or so. So stay tuned to what's going down. 
because like I say, we're going to be making some changes. We're going to have some new websites. Everything's going to look totally different, and you're going to love, you know, how where we're going to be at. So, uh, so we're going to be doing right. that, and that's so that's going to be coming very, 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 very shortly. So, you know, all I got to say is, you know, be prepared because change is coming quick. All right, let's get back. All right, okay, you were talking one line. Yeah, how it made. Well, yeah, money. yeah, I mean, it, it made a, a shit ton actually. Yeah. You know, I think I think that's the thing. It's like you know, we're also having like these classic reboots. Like, you know, you can order you know a movie through Amazon or whatever. Um, I think that's like it's a game changer. Like, and it's uh, they're 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 not losing money. They're not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me ask you this question from a production point of view. Because okay, you you do you know like you 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 know I'm thinking like for example the Avengers series, I mean these were blockbusters, expensive to make, special effects everywhere, and my question is on a big screen versus a smaller screen, does it lose its impact? I don't think so. You know, I think um, fans are no matter. I, don't, I think fans no matter what are yeah. are going to flock to it. I mean, like I said, so what, Disney Plus. So I, I have like all the streaming apps. I really do because I, I, you know, I enjoy them. And one cool thing about the Disney Plus um, app is that you can actually watch all the Marvel movies in chronological order. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. and they're still great. Like, I mean, yeah, I have a big TV, so to me, it's it's like I never left theater. But yeah. I think, you know if you're really passionate about movies, you're still going to watch it. Yeah. You know, I don't think it really matters. I I guess my question would be, is there going to be an impact in watching the movie? uh, And maybe an impact in watching that movie on a screen versus, okay, the surround sound. And it just seems to me when you go into a theater and you got the big screen, it screams out these kind of effects. Maybe I'll have to get used to it. Or, or what going to do? There's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. You well, know? No, it's no, it's so, not. I mean, but it, it's it's part of the changes that we're seeing. You know, the you know you know that we're seeing over the past year that we're moving toward. We're a whole new Hollywood, a whole new uh, way of looking at the world. I mean, this is just an example of this. And that's the reason I kind of wanted to really get in this kind of discussion with you because, you know, what I'm seeing is that the old-fashioned movie theater is going to go by the wayside in a pretty sharp area, period. People right. aren't going to want to – aren't going to need to do so. And and you got to remember, we're talking about, you know – and so that's what I was kind of wonder, you know, what is going to be the future of movies, you know, the production of movies – for example, okay, question would be, would you actually need that many special effects if you're basically oh, yeah. screaming it? I mean, the, the reason Marvel is so great because of the special effects. And look, like they're they're not losing they're not losing any money. Um, mm-hmm. they're not. They're just it's, they're just not. Like you can see you can see it. You know. Yeah. Um Actually, one of my favorite, I don't want to say favorite, but I actually just recently saw uh, Jay and Bob Strikes Back, the reboot. 
Jay and Silent yeah. Bob, and uh, I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> so there's like so many movies, like I mean, just like Amazon Prime. Like if you're, that's like probably the reason why I'm a Prime member, is so I can get access to Amazon Prime like video. Because I'm not exaggerating, like if I want to watch a horror movie, they have over three thousand titles of horror just like like available to view for free, which is like nuts. So I mean, I'm all for streaming apps. I don't have cable anymore. Um, the only cable I do have, actually, I'll take that back, is for sports. But other than that, I don't I don't pay for cable. It's just it's all streaming apps. Okay, how much would I call? I mean, just, okay, what streaming apps do you have? Oh gosh, you got Amazon Prime, you got HBO I Max. Got, I have HBO Max, I have Hulu, I have Netflix, um, I have Shutter, which I love. Shutter is really for horror fanatics; they have like originals. Um, but I, yeah, my my cable bill is like cut in half because of the streaming apps. Like I don't. With cable, I was paying like I don't know, like two hundred a month, something around there. Mm-hmm. And then like with cable, like I think I pay like maybe like at the very most like one ten. Oh, and slang, slang. Um, so slang. If if you're looking to cut cable, you got to get slang because mm-hmm. if you choose like the shows that you want that you would watch when you had cable. So, like, I love the History Channel, and I love the HDTV, and so, like, I get all those channels, you know, and I think it's about, like, 50 a month that I pay for, like, over, like, 700 channels. So, um, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. uh, Well, let me ask you a question, if I may ask. Uh, All of these streaming devices that you now have, okay, you, you cut your cable bill in half. How much are you paying per month for all the streaming that you do? Okay, so, and a lot of, also, a lot of them that I have, they're free apps, like Pluto TV is free. So Pluto TV is actually kind of cool concept if you don't get bored with it constantly. Um, Pluto TV is basically like, Tom, pick a show, like right now, just say a show that you, you like to watch. Oh, God, let me see. <laughs> like anything, uh, any show. All right, uh, like you like the Marla Maple mysteries? Yeah. Okay, so they'll yeah. they'll have a twenty four seven channel of Marla Maple mysteries, or like a twenty four seven channel of like histories mysteries, or like whatever show you have. Basically, Pluto TV has taken that and made it into a twenty four seven binge thon. And that's a free app. Um, I have Tubi, which I love. Tubi is really great if you're like really into kind of cheesy horror action films. That's free. Mm-hmm. So the ones that I really only pay would be Sling, my Hulu, um, HBO Max. So off the top mm-hmm. of my head, probably like around like a hundred bucks a month. Okay, so you're about almost as much as cable. That no, cable I was like at two thirty. Well, two thirty. Well, you're saying a hundred, and your cable bill is about a hundred and ten, right? Yeah. Yeah, and your streaming is approximately a hundred, with all the different no, services so my, you got. No, so my my cable bill used to be like around like two hundred something, and now my cable bill yeah. is like maybe at the very most like one hundred and fifty. The very okay most. now, okay now the streaming service on top of that, how much did that cost you? Addition? No, that's all. That 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 is the streaming service. I don't use. Oh, I, that's I everything. Only, 
That's well, basically the hundred fifth. So the hundred fifty will include the basic cable plus all of your streaming. Oh, I see. Okay, I see. Yeah. So in effect, okay, in effect, you basically cut your uh, in half, and you're getting everything oh, you sure. have plus your. For sure. Plus your I mean, like Hulu. No, just, Hulu's like five bucks a month, and Shutter is like four bucks a month. Mm-hmm. Um, All right. Well, so I yeah, know, for I sure. Be, okay, because obviously we don't have the only thing. Like I said, I've, I've done. We do net. I do Netflix, but it's all it's all my daughters. Yeah, what we do. She has right. this the 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 party thing, whatever they call it. I know they just changed the name to it, where you know you basically can get uh, oh the party you know, watch. Where, the party watch, yeah, which I think is kind of neat. It's very interesting because basically, I mean, it's like you know, by once a week we we have what we call a movie night or whatever night, you know, uh, shows where we'll just basically like we just saw Jingle Jangle. I don't know if you Jangle Jingle. Okay, uh, with, is it good? Uh, oh, it's excellent, excellent. Really? Uh, Forrest Whitaker. Yeah, Forrest Whitaker. Yeah, yeah I it's. Was, I was... I was debating whether to watch it or not because I actually just finished the Christmas Chronicles, and mm-hmm. I love the Christmas Chronicles. It was so good. Yeah, no, I uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I would say that, I mean, my answer to you would be if you like a cute, wonderful Christmas story, this is a great mm-hmm. show. It's a very enjoyable show to have listen to. Okay. Uh, it's got uh, you know. You know, it, and it's so, it, it like uh, Forrest Whitaker is really great at it. The, the Phyllis, God, I cannot think of her name. The lady who played the wife of Huxabee and the Bill Cosby show. Oh, Felicia Rashada? Yes. She's in it. Okay. Uh, the guy with Calvin and Pete. Uh, I can't remember if it's Calvin or Pete. Calvin, yeah. You know, the Calvin and Pete comedy team. No, I don't. Uh, all right. Yeah, let me see here. Yeah. But yeah, I kept seeing trailers for that, and I was like, "Oh, it looks so long. Like, doesn't it like two hours?" Yeah, it's about two hours. And you know, that was, yeah. You know, my wife thought my wife thought it was got a little bit slow at the beginning, but I thought it was very. I thought it was a very excellent. It's a kind of story you could basically you and your steps, you and your soon to be stepdaughter. Could you know, enjoy together? You guys, you both enjoyed. Uh, Steve would enjoy it, even. Yeah. So, it's a kind of it's one of those type of movies, but I guess to go back to the, the point I was trying to make in all of this is the changes in the industry, and I, I, I'm, I'm picking Hollywood as an example because you know there's a you know you know the the, the it's almost like you're seeing the demise in some ways of the, you know, theaters where you go see these movies. And I, and you're kind of giving me the impression this is going to continue that even oh, when sure. you know, things, once the you know, things get back to normal, this is what's going to be. It's still going to be there. You know, well, let's think about it. Not, not not all families can afford like to go to a theater with four or five people. So like, if you're paying like like yeah. I don't know like let's say like I don't know Mulan was like thirty, but you get to keep the movie. It's not like you don't have to like re rent it. You know, like you keep it. Yeah. So it's very affordable for most people. Mm-hmm. That's the other aspect. All right, yeah. 
Well, I guess maybe the point. Yeah, you're right. I don't know how much of a theater it costs. Uh, I know. Uh, now okay, here, well, it's just, not all I'll, that. I'll tell you right now. For a movie theater, if I were going to go to the movie theater I usually go to, it's like eighteen dollars yeah. a ticket. Okay, eighteen a ticket. So that's thirty-six dollars yeah. for you and Steve. Yeah. The two of you going to. So can you imagine okay. if you decided to like take like a family of three or four? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it would add yeah, up. Yeah. It would add up, yeah, exactly. Then you would have. So I think that's another. Pop- that's another aspect of why people are really so in tune to like you know getting available on demand. You know, I mean, we're definitely going to watch Wonder Woman. Um, mm-hmm. Like I, I, I just remember when Trolls, you know, the movie Trolls, the cartoon or whatever, came out, and like no one thought, like, oh, no one is going to like pay. No, no one's going to pay for on demand. Um, that was one of the owners the AMC Theater said, and they basically, like, were completely wrong because it made a bunch of money. Yeah. Tom Dawson Kokokoski here on the Donaldson Files on the Bachelor News Radio Network. and I never get the flu. My kids don't need more shots. I don't have time. We're all healthy. My asthma's under control. I'm pregnant. I've had the flu. It's not a big deal. My kids are too old for flu. The media is exaggerated. I can fight it naturally. No matter how you build your excuses, the flu can blow your house down. Keep your foundation strong. Vaccinate. Learn more at flu.gov. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Since Buffalo Wild Wings is always open late, here are a few things you'll enjoy. Buzzer beaters, wings in 21 signature sauces and seasonings, and great deals on food and beer. Grab select domestic draft beer starting at $4. $4 shareables like street tacos, fried pickles, chili queso dip, mozzarella sticks, and roasted garlic mushrooms, and deals on select liquor and house cocktails. Phew, that's a mouthful. Catch all of the late night action. Buffalo Wild Wings, wings, beer, sports. Offers and participation vary. Please drink responsibly. Void where prohibited. Welcome back to the Donaldson Files on the Bachelor News Radio Network, where I co Kokoski, Tom Donaldson. Um, uh, well, you know, and if you can listen to the show every day, 3 a.m. to 10 a.m. on the BachelorNews.Airtime.Pro. Also, uh, you can call in right now, 646-929-0130, 646-929-0130, if you want to make any Comments on what we're talking about, or if you just want to talk about it and just say, Tom, you are the greatest. You and Coco are the two greatest co-hosts out there. The only one will even allow you to say that because that's the kind of guys we are. Always fishing and accepting compliments. All right. Okay. All right. So basically, yeah. So basically, there are going to be a lot of changes coming to Hollywood. Let me ask you this quick question. Does it change the production side of the equation where it's being Oh, produced? my God, yes. Yes, and, and what, yes, yes, okay, what, yes. Um, okay. Well, I have two examples. Go ahead. Um, I can give you guys. Uh, so a friend of mine is shooting a show for Disney. It's going to be featured on Hulu. It's in its second season. Um, the show is called Dave. Um, and it's kind of crazy because uh, – friend texted me two days ago that so whenever he gets um they call him in he has to get tested basically twice so if they send him out to a location like let's say um 
the testing is being done in Santa Monica in some clinic. They actually will pay like something around like 50 bucks or whatever. And then when he gets on set, they, they have him take another rapid test to make sure it's all clear. Because just because you tested once negative doesn't mean that you're completely negative because it could, it could show up like two days later, you know? So um, he's been doing that. They have him wear face shields um, and masks, obviously. There's like different, there's the red, there's the red line, the green line, um, and basically, if you're in the red, um, you're the mo- you're interacting the most with people. So that's why they consider that kind of like a danger zone. Like, you know, ADs, assistant directors, you know, producers, not producers, um, most likely directors are categorized in the red zone. So they're the ones that are getting tested, you know, the most, I would say. And um, But then it could change because uh, we had someone – he had someone that uh, background that tested uh, positive. Mm-hmm. And so that shuts down the entire production. And that usually takes 14 days to reopen. Um, I've known of some uh, a, a person I know of that works on this film. They got shut down like three, four times because people kept testing positive and they were just trying to find ways to continue shooting, which was like absolutely stupid. Um, and I guess I guess they uh, they they finally uh, finished the film or whatever. But they had got shut down so many times because people kept testing back with with COVID. But they were in such a rush to finish the film, it was like they didn't really care. So I mean, right now, it, like, and and by the way, you also have to, if you're if you're here to like even if you're an extra, even if you're in post production. Um, what whatever it may be, you're still like um, you. You have to take like these different courses. Like there's a COVID course you have to take to ensure like you understand like what not to do. Um, because some people still still are you know out and like you know especially if you're shooting. I mean you know you have to be like self isolation for 14 days because like again just because you tested negative doesn't mean you're actually negative. Like, you could have taken a test, and then, like, it was negative, and three days later, it turns out to be positive. You know, there are a lot of restrictions right now. Yeah. All right. Okay. So, basically, okay, now, well, let me throw this other question to you is this. Do you see a massive move out of Hollywood for production? I mean, I I guess you're already seeing it now, where, you know, movies are no longer really being produced in Hollywood. It's, t- it's TV shows. It's TV shows. Right now, so, it's mostly so, TV shows or like Netflix. Um, if they're doing like a movie from Netflix, they're they're shooting like either in Oregon, or Georgia. Um, unless you're like super, super, super high budget, um, like hundred million, like most. People mm-hmm. aren't shooting in California or Los Angeles. It's, it, it's been that way for a while. Like most of the yeah. places people are shooting are in Georgia or they're in like you know Oregon. Um, mm-hmm. Canada is number one. So yeah. well, actually, I don't yeah, think that's, that's really it, changed. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, actually, it's different in Canada because, quite frankly. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we watch the Hallmark simply because it's nice noise in the background. Uh, 
But there is a show called Ion, the Ion Network, and they have a show called the Murdoch Mysteries. Oh, yeah, I know Ion. Yeah, it's produced, all of, you know, all of Murdoch's is produced in Canada. But it's really interesting is, because Hallmark does a lot of their stuff is in Canada. Half of their actors, at least, are in, are Canadian actors. If you sit back and follow you know, any of those you know, shows, you know, their Christmas shows, half of those actors are Canadian. And it's kind of funny because uh, oh, yeah. even, even with Murdoch, you will see people that you see on Hallmark. <laughs> These Hallmark shows guest starring or be appearing on uh, Murdoch. And, of course, Murdoch spent a full, you know, kind of three or four episodes on uh, Aurora Teagard Mysteries. Right. Yeah. So... And so, you know, they, you know, so Canada, you know, so can, you know, obviously Canada, you know, another place, I know we, you know, you know, Kyle Hester is, you know, is in Louisiana uh, filming, but I do always remember, I have a good friend of mine who was, uh, you know, worked as a producer for a company and, and he was telling me that they had studios in Louisiana as well. So, of course, this was before, but let me ask you a question. Would you see a quicker exodus out of California as a result, or do you not see any changes as far as, let's say, television stuff staying in L.A. and staying in Hollywood? I don't know. I think it really depends on what the movie is. Like I said, if it's like a major budget, of course, they're Christian California. They're not going to care about like the budget. But if it's like some independent or if it's some – most Netflix um, – Aside from some series, um, a lot of their movies are shot outside California. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Now, here's the other thing we want to want to get into is the vaccine. The vaccine is going to start rolling out in the next couple of weeks. I think December the 11th was one of the dates that I saw, which is uh, today's December the first, so about ten days. All right. Here the list of how they're rolling this out. Uh, the first phase. If you phase mm-hmm. one, that's phase one A, and phase one B. Phase one A is frontline health workers. That makes sense. Ambulance drivers, cleaners, and first responders will be the first group vaccinated. Uh, that makes sense. Phase one uh, B. Those with underlying condition puts them at risk. Those with two or more chronic conditions, people 65 and older in group living facilities. Now, I'm going to have a question here because I don't know if they, when they said this phase, of people 65 and older, I, I didn't know if that meant if you live in a group living facilities or 65 and older and living facilities. Uh, I don't know what that means. So, First set of lots. So, uh, so now let me ask you. Go ahead. I, I was gonna say, like for me, yeah. For me, yeah. like I, I believe definitely nurses should be getting it first. I mean, they're the ones. Yeah. Yeah. Who've been busting their ass, putting their asses on the front line? Like I've seen some like scary videos of, of, you know, they're losing their friends as well who are working the front line. And if anybody should be getting the vaccine first, I definitely think it should be uh, the nurses working and the doctors and 
everybody involved. Well, like I say, there. Yeah, like I say, here's what. You know, I'll read that again because frontline health workers, I'd be nurses and doctors, ambulance drivers, cleaners, and I'm assuming they mean those people whose job it is, the janitorial staff who cleans the hospital, clean these areas, and first responders. Uh, that'll be police and fire. So that's your first group. That's 5% of the population. 10% of the population, underlying conditions, put them at high risk. Those are two or more chronic conditions. And people are 65 and older, that's me, in, in group living mm-hmm. facilities. Which, again, yeah, that all makes sense. That all makes sense. So I guess the, here's a question I would throw about because you got asthma. I'm going to assume, and I, of course, you've already had the virus, so you would probably have some immunity already for the most right. part. Right. I mean, I'm still going to take the vaccine, of course. Like, you know, yeah. I mean, I'm not stupid. <laughs> Um, but yeah, um, but I still get sick really easily. Like, I mean, I'm so happy that I don't have the, um, struggling to breathe. I'm actually, am, I am starting to quit smoking. So maybe that will help me, um, as wise, you know, yeah, that that uh, would be a good start. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I am a I am a I've been smoking since I was like twelve, thirteen years old. I've been smoking a long time. Uh, do you um, smoke I always thought no, you were I a vapor. Nicotine. I I am. Yeah. I'm a vapor, but um, you know, it's not as healthy for you either. I mean, nothing's really healthy for you, I guess. But I'm starting to quit too. Um, I think you know. It's really hard. It's I, I think quitting alcohol is easier than quitting smoking because I basically have quit alcohol. I haven't really had a drink in like five months, but I'll be smoking constantly. And, you know, I, I've been smoking since, you know, I was 12, 13 years old, you mm. know, <laughs> so I'm 32 yeah. now. So it's, I've been smoking a really, really long time. And I think it's like, to the point now where I'm smoking so much that it's it's kind of just like affecting me and I don't want that. Like I am addicted to nicotine. Like mm-hmm. I'm not going to be one of those people that says like, Oh, I'm not addicted to nicotine. No, I totally am. Because if I go within like five hours without it, I go, absolutely. I turn to Godzilla. Like literally mm-hmm. the people around me have to suffer. Like I go crazy and then like I'll smoke again and then I'll feel perfectly fine. And it's like, it's an addiction. It's a total addiction. So, and it's like, you think you don't have an addiction problem? Because, like, I used to be one of those people that I would say, well, I'm not addicted. Like, I'm fine. I can stop, whatever. And then I'll lose my vape or something would happen. And, like, I become the biggest bitch the world has ever met (laughs) when I'm not on nicotine. Like, it was even to the point where when I was living with my best friend, he, like, I, I remember one time, like, I didn't smoke for, like, eight hours. And I was just raging. I was raging completely. And then, like, you know, I got some nicotine, and I was like, fine. He's like, he's like, Jesus Christ, I'm just going to give you nicotine from now on. <laughs> because, like, yeah, it sucks. It's, it's, that's why I've always said I find it easier to quit drinking than I would smoking. Because if you really think about it, like, alcoholics, all, all of them are smokers. Because they're replacing yeah. one habit with something else. That's, that's the addiction part. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I don't know if you're a smoker, Tom, but it sucks. No, I I'm not a smoker. <laughs> I'm not a smoker. I I'll have an occasion. You ever wine. you never smoked before? I in college I tried it and yeah. basically didn't like it. Uh, I tried right. cigarettes. Plus, I ran track and cross country, so that's not that's not a good combination. Oh, I hate cigarettes. Yeah. I and then I, then I then I then I uh, tried cigars. Didn't like that. And I think the worst, the final straw for me was I smoked a pipe. And I smoked uh-huh. a pipe. And uh, I will tell you the rest of the story shortly after this. This is Tom Donson, Coco Konsky. Stay tuned because I'm going to tell you the rest of the story of my smoking, the end of my smoking career on the Bachelor News Radio Network on the Donaldson Files. This is Dr. Larry Fidoa, host of the Dr. Larry Show on the Bachelor News Radio Network, inviting you to listen live every Wednesday evening from 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Time at blogtalkradio.com and the podcast every Monday through Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time at thebachelornews.airtime.pro. I am called the philosopher of current events, an independent, open-minded conservative with my own ideas. If you are interested in advertising or having your own show, email us at labachelor40 at gmail.com. Greetings and great day, everyone. I am Elder Janelle Strickland, host of the Life Cafe radio broadcast from Maximizing Life Family Worship Center. I invite you to tune in every Saturday from 5 to 6 p.m. Tune in, maximize your life with the Word of God, and be blessed. Only on the Bachelor News Radio Network. Don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, you can listen to our show on 3 a.m. to 10 a.m., bachelornews.airtime.pro. And also, uh, you can listen Tuesday and Wednesday on this network live, live shows. So you got several opportunities to listen to our great show. Uh, we got about uh, the last uh, 18 minutes left before we get to you and the law. That will be followed on this particular network. Uh, so 646-929-0130. Okay. Uh, all right. The, the finish my story is, okay, so I tried a pipe because my, great, you know, my wife's grandfather smoked a pipe. So I said, and I'm watching Monday Night Football. Yeah. So yeah. I'm watching Monday Night Football. And I'm smoking this pipe, and halfway through, it's like I, you, you get that. Ugh, I literally got sick. <laughs> At halftime, right. I literally got sick, and, it, and that was the end of my smoking uh, career uh, dealing with but the, isn't uh, the tobacco. Isn't funny though. I I find it so funny how you know, like I used to binge drink a lot, and then like I quit. And then, I, or I would say I quit. Like, this is when I was still in my 20s. I would say I quit. And then, like, the next weekend I would do it again. And isn't it funny, like, even, like, how it makes us feel like complete shit, we still, some people still go back to it. I mean, I know that was the case with me. I, I used to drink, like, 
to tell you how I used to drink, um, I could do like six shots a night followed by three or four mixed cocktails and I'd be fine. And then boom, as I turned 30, I was like, oh my God, I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. But with well, like no, smoking, think, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I was gonna say with smoking, it was just like it. It's so weird because um, it does spike my anxiety, but at the same time, it comforts me. So it's like for me, it's like a bad and good thing. Like it's good because it kind of relaxes me. But then, like, I'm not talking about pot. Like I still smoke pot. Um, yeah. I don't give. I, I wouldn't give that up because I don't do it very frequently. Um, but with, like, smoking, like, I haven't touched a cigarette in, like, years. And mm-hmm. vaping helped with that. But now it's to the point where I'm just, like, vaping. Like, I vape in my sleep. I sleep with my vape sometimes. It's so sad. And now I'm just, like, to the point where I'm, like, well, that's not good. Um, mm-hmm. It's not good when you realize, like, you needed to wake up. That's how you know that you're kind of addicted where it becomes yeah. less fun and more of like a need. And I think that's mm-hmm. where I'm headed and I hate that. You know, I don't want to rely yeah. on something to like keep me awake. It's like yeah. it's like popping pills. Like you think you're doing fine and then like, you know, you either become immune to it because your body has suffered so much damage from the the pill taking or, you know, I mean you, you you just became you basically are invincible to pain at this point. Like you know your yeah. body is just like so worn down from it, and I feel like that's that oh. happens a lot in my time. Is like if if I felt sick, oh I'm gonna take a little bit of this, or like it's like it's like if I feel like I have a sore throat coming on, it's like I'll take Nyquil, and that's just stupid because like that's not what Nyquil's for, you know. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's yeah. like it's always been kind of an addictive personality. And, and smoking is, is, is the same thing. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, I, I can, like you say, I never could get into it. It just, uh, you know, like you say it was, you know, it was always the aftertaste. I know in the case of cigarettes, it didn't, it was always that aftertaste like the next morning. Uh, you know, it was, it just, my mouth felt like, oh, you know, you just, I just didn't feel, didn't feel well. well and I tell you, it's. I mean, I felt like, you know, my mouth. You know, it, I could still taste the tobacco the next morning. Really Does that make kind of funny about that? I mean, it's not funny, but so I started smoking. I want to say closer to thirteen or twelve around there, and I used to smoke like these really cool cigarettes. You can only get them in the UK because that's where I was at the time, and. Mm. When you smoked it, they would change colors, and you, it's like you were smoking. Like they were probably like thinking back now, I'm like, oh my god, those are probably 50 percent more toxic than regular cigarettes because when you would smoke them, it would it would it would it would it would shoot like a rainbow colored smoke, and they were they were they were, they were called like rainbow cigarettes, and so like when you smoked them, like it was like a different a different color. It was crazy. And then I look back at it, I'm like, oh, my God, that's probably why I had asthma to begin with, because I don't know what was in them. You know, it's kind of like mm-hmm. herbal cigarettes, but I, I went to herbal cigarettes, like not we like herbal cigarettes, but like supposed to be organic or whatever. And, you know, like my mom would keep finding like these pack of cigarettes in my, in my, my school bag when I was like 13, and she would just keep throwing it away, and I would keep buying them. 
And now I'm like, who the hell is used to sell me these? Like, you're selling a 13-year-old cigarette. Like, what? So, you know, hmm. it's always been kind of my comfort thing was smoking. Yeah. Well, let me ask you a question. Great Britain, you mean you were able to get – like, course, that was, what, 20 years ago? Yeah. Uh, so they so – they, so they didn't have any laws in Great Britain to Oh, no, they totally had laws. They totally had laws. They so didn't and up, it was, I think, I believe it was 16 and up. Not, I mean, it's mm-hmm. probably changed now, but when I when I was there, it was like 16 and over. Yeah. But I'm just saying, right. like, the, 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 those certain brand of cigarettes that I smoked, like, they, if you look them up online, they're called, uh, they're just, just type in rainbow cigarettes, and they're literally, like, they're different colors, so you have the pink, green, blue, and whichever one you had, like, that was your, when you smoked and exhaled or whatever, it would form like a blue or pink cloud. And I used to think those were so cool. <laughs> that was the only reason mm. I started smoking was because of those. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I say, ladies and gentlemen, this conversation started with the, uh, the people in the vaccines. And so I'll just yes. remind everybody is that the, as, as I'm seeing right now, it's going to be frontline workers, ambulance drivers, first responders, the second phase, which will be 10, and this is the it's I'm gonna say phase one A and they call it phase one B. Uh underlying conditions. Uh if you have two or more chronic conditions, six to five and older, and, and also living in group facilities, which again this is all that's fifteen percent of your population. Uh, this will be the people who will get the initial and then the phase right. two will be uh so- go ahead. No, I was going to say it's really interesting because, you know, as far as the vaccine, you know, I know some people are like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to take it or not, like whatever, you know, but I feel like I'm definitely going to take it just, you know, to make sure. But at the same time, I'm also not going to still, I'm, I won't still be going out because I'm not going to know who had a vaccine or not, you know. Like well, the thing is, to be no one's going to wear shirts because yeah, I've been vaccinated, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. but let me ask you a question. If you, if you got the vaccine and you've already had the virus, it seems to me you've already got your protection. You're the right. one who ought to be going out. So you're not the one who should be afraid. And, be, <laughs> and if you want, you can always still wear a mask if you don't have any faith in the vaccine. Now, yeah, again, obviously, I there's, I'll, 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 I'll I, wear I'll, a mask, you know? I mean, I do. I have so if, many masks. I mean, it's so ridiculous. I think I have, yeah. like, Tom, I think I have, like, 13 masks. Well, well, because I, guess, I, I got so seven, much. Yeah. Well, basically, I got seven or eight, uh, and uh, masks. Well, I, I'm gonna put it this way. I'm gonna have. I'm not gonna have any real. You know, like I say, uh, I'm gonna put it this way. I, it, to me, it's a risk versus benefit, uh, because for a lot of people, you know, you know, if the risk, the benefit of you know protection versus the risk. Because everybody at different ages, there's a reason why they have a, you know, a line here. If you're a first responder, you're going to be exposed. Uh, on the other side of the equation, if you're a school child, uh, child, uh, your chances of getting any significant damage from COVID is far smaller than if you're 75 years old. And so it's yeah. I, I just had dead. a friend of mine test positive. Um, yeah. My friend Corey. Yeah. He uh, tested positive, like, I guess this morning, and, yeah. you know. Well, I think here's the thing. I don't know how old. 
yeah, but see, my yeah, my point would be, now she's going to have some immunity once it's done. My point would be is that, you know, this is not. I mean, we. I mean, to me, you're you're looking at a disease, a virus that's overall kills two per thousand. Uh, and put it in perspective, the flu over the past decade was one per thousand. And so now, if you're 75 and older, it's like two to five per hundred. That's a totally so those individuals are going to be at top risk. If you're a bonder, you're going to be at top risk because you're going to be exposed to these people, uh, to oh, you know, both sure. these people. But I, I would put it this way I would not have any problems thinking about uh, taking it, but I would not necessarily. But to me, there's a part of me that said, would I allow a grant, you know. A ten-year-old, fifteen-year-old. If I had a fifteen-year-old grandchild, ten-year-old grandchild, would I? You know, I would not be as. You know, I would be a little more hesitant to see what the side effects would be because their risks are far lower. In fact, they have a far lower risk than if they got the flu. Whereas, if you're seventy-five, it's the complete opposite. And so the and so you got all of this in perspective, and right. so it's going to be kind of interesting. Like say, I mean, if you have an underlying condition, yeah, you know, absolutely. To me, I would say it's risk versus benefit. I mean, I'm looking at this list, and I see on this list, it makes sense. You know, this list I'm reading here, you know, it makes sense. These are your targeted groups of people that you're going to start with. Because you know we only got enough vaccine at the beginning to basically do ten to fifteen percent of the population over the next month, uh, and so it makes sense. And, and, and as you wear it out, but you know what the thing is, the people at the end of the table, you know, six seven months down the road, you know, we're going to have a much better, clearer angle on adverse events of the you know of this as well. But like I say, it's risk versus benefit. If you got a two to five percent chance of dying. Uh, you take the vaccine. If you got a one out of a million or one out of 10,000, uh, you can wait in line. And that's essentially what they're saying. But, all right, here's the story of the day. This is a story that I mean, I don't know if you saw last night's uh, Monday Night Football. No. Okay. With 15 Definitely seconds not. left. Okay. The Eagles are down 23 to 9. All right. There are six and a half point underdog. Some gentleman bat something like a half a million dollars on this game and covered the spread of six and a half points. That means, in effect, you know, if the Seahawks win by more than seven, six points, this guy wins the bet of a half a million bucks. I mean, he's going to make a big bundle. He's got 15 seconds left. Mm-hmm. And the Eagles throw a Hail Mary from like the 45-yard line and scores a touchdown. Now it's 23 to 15. All right, if they kick the extra point, it's 23 to 16. Well, the Eagles decide we're going to go for two points. So here you are, 10 seconds left. They make the two points. You lose a half a million bucks. 
If they don't make it, you make a half a million bucks. And this is on the last 10 seconds. You got to imagine what this guy's going through because literally 15 seconds left in the game, he thinks he's got this money won. And suddenly they throw a Hail Mary. Well, now they decide, okay, they're, they're going to go for two points. Right. You're right. They're going to go for two points here. And, and guess what? 10 seconds, 12 seconds left. They make the two-point conversion. Now it's 23 to 17 with 10 seconds left. Oh, wow. I mean, so this guy was 15 seconds away from winning a half a million dollars, winning a half a million dollars. You know, and so, I mean, can you imagine? You're like 15 seconds away from making an additional half a million dollars worth of profit. And it all goes no, to I hell. It, it all goes to hell in 15 seconds. <laughs> in 15 seconds, you're like, wow. Yeah, that was last night. I mean, that was last night, Monday Night Football. Led to an improbable half a million dollar loss for an unlucky gambler. That is insane. That is insane. Yes. And the thing is, he had it won with 15 seconds left. You got to be thinking, he's already thinking what I'm going to be spending that money on. <laughs> and then, boom, it's gone. Tomorrow night's show, we've got, uh, again, we're going to talk about science and the politicalization of science. We're going to have some people who do research. We're going to get, you know, their opinions. You know, is science become politicized? And, it, and if so, what's the impact? And, and does government funding of science, and, uh, basically does government funding of science impugn or bias the actual finding. So we're going to have that discussion tomorrow. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is Tom Donaldson, Coco Konsky. We're going to say goodnight and see you goodnight. later. I want to welcome everyone to You and the Law on the Bachelor News Radio Network. We uh, Hopefully every, everyone had a blessed and 
thankful uh, Thanksgiving this past week, and uh, everybody enjoyed their family and friends, and and definitely social distance yourself from from everyone. And uh, uh, but we are glad that you have joined us again for another edition of You and the Law, and I am one of the co-hosts of the show. I don't have a, a name. Uh, such as my other esteemed co-host who goes by the name of Chief Swaggity Swag Humphrey. How you doing today, brother? What's going on, brother Virgil? Hey, man, tell tell everybody, man, how you made a, a mincemeat pie. I bet you made a mincemeat pie, man, and, and topped it up with ice cream and chocolate chips uh, and the, stuff, man, and then, and then had a milkshake. The, you know what a mincemeat pie is, man. No, man. Come on, man. What is that, man? Man, you know you what know, a mincemeat pie You know what a fruitcake is, man? Yeah, I know what a fruitcake is. Yeah, just like okay, you. Okay, well, just think of a fruitcake. Just think of a fruitcake. Just think of a fruitcake uh, in a pie form, man. You know you did. And, and you probably okay. even had a cup of hot coffee with it, too. So, anyway, I'm good, so man. What's think, up, listeners? So, when I think of a, of a fruitcake, I can think of of cheese of, of, of swaggity swag. I can think of a fruitcake then. That, that, yeah, that gives yeah, me man, that, I that mean, I love fruitcake. Yeah, man. <laughs> Come on, man. I mean, you know, hey, hey, man, fruitcakes are, are good, man. I was raised on fruitcake. So, anyway. Hey, man, you know what? I had, I made about four sweet potato pies, homemade sweet potato pies, made a homemade pecan pie, and topped it Did off. Did you wash your hands? Oh yeah, man! I would wash my hands, wash my hands, and have my gloves on. Yeah, oh definitely. Okay, yeah. all right, man. That's yeah. all that matters, man. You wash your hands. Are you are you one of those guys that wash each utensil after you cook? I mean, as you cook, you clean up the kitchen as you cook, or you wait till the end? Yes, I. No, 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 no. Yeah, I, I'm one of those who, once you get through with something, you wash it, and you dry okay. it, and you put it up. Yeah, yeah. I, you can't I, just I, do everything at the okay. end. But that's, okay. that's, that's I just you, right? No, nope. I do everything. Yeah, I do everything at the end, man. Everything. Wow. I do. Wow. Well, yeah. I hate yeah. to see what your kitchen looked like then. Yeah. Wow. Well, whatever, dude. <laughs> hey, man. We're, again, man, we uh, we're definitely blessed to, to to be together again for another edition of You and the Law, and we we've got a. An exciting show coming for our for our listeners. We've got a guest who's going to be joining us after our first break. He's a uh, a former uh, police chief, and he's got his own social media uh, uh, company that he's doing. And so we're going to bring him on and talk about some some social media things that's dealing with law enforcement. But uh, but Keith, man, you know, last week we had a really good show. We you know, right before the Thanksgiving break, man, that that topic that we had, it it uh, it, it got a lot of attention from our listeners. It did, yeah, man. You know, even even you know, man. I, I just want to say something, man. You know, last week, man, uh, one of the listeners sent something in that was very disturbing, and I think I think it was disturbing. I think it was very um, I think it was very disrespectful to our listeners. But he basically said that we complain too much. Because the nation has given us people like Kamala Harris and Obama and and other African Americans, and I don't even know where that came from. But I just want to tell, I just want to tell that person, um, hey, this show's still gonna run strong. 
we're not going to get caught up in these racial uh, back and forth with, with you or whomever. At the end of the day, man, that was unnecessary. But, you know, thank you for showing your hand and showing us who you really are. And so, but I just wanted to let the listeners know that we don't we don't play that on this on this on this show, man. No, we don't. Well, and you know what, Keith, I have to say this. Obviously, our show is that good for this individual to listen to what we have to say. So what we have to say is obviously important. But he tried to, you know, mix it up and th- throw some things in there that that. You know, didn't make any sense, but hey, you know, he listened to the show, and, and that's the whole hey, that's, thing. That, that you know, we absolutely. can get those people who they may not agree with everything that we have to say. We may not agree with the things that they have to to say back to us, but that that's what podcasting radio is about. And and uh, you know, the topic that we had, we talked about, you know, uh, individuals is the criminal justice system broken or is it designed to do what it has it has done for so many uh black men and women and and minorities and 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 so that kind of touched the it kind of touched the nerve but that's what this show is about you know this show is about you and the law and how we are uh giving information out to our listeners about their rights when they deal with police. And it also, you know, we're going to tell the truth, Keith. You know, if you're wrong, then you're wrong. But we're also going to, you know, touch on the the topics of police officers when they do cross that line and they do violate people's civil rights. And last week's show was a clear example of, of Anthony Ray Hinton, who spent 30 years of his life, Keith, in an Alabama prison for a crime that he did not commit. And and I think, you know, 30 years of a, of any man's life, whether you're black or white, is 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 something that's wrong with the criminal justice system when it takes you 30 years to get out of prison for something that you did not do. Yeah, and, and I tell you, and, and all you can do is I think I shared with you and the listeners last week, man, all you can do, man, is when you when you meet someone that has that has been through that injustice, the only thing you can do is say, "I'm sorry." Don't try to justify it. Don't try to say that you know how you feel, how they feel, because you don't. You apologize uh, on behalf of the criminal justice system. That's what you do. Uh, and, yeah. and and so I mean that's just because I tell you what, man. Someone who endures that and that comes out. And they don't, and they're not. Uh, they don't have a, a horrible attitude, or they don't have a, you know, just just hatred toward everyone. That says a lot about that person's character. That person's. Uh, those are the individuals that I think uh, we can all learn something for, as far as having a peaceful spirit. Yeah. Well, and you know, Keith, one thing that we we need to we've had this conversation on our show, and we're gonna continue to have it and and hopefully it's some you know it, there is a national dialogue about it to where you know the criminal justice system it is broken it is there is definitely a lot that needs to change with it from the policing side of it to the prosecution side of it to the prison side and the fact that so many men and women are sitting in prison right today and you know Keith when you watch the movies 
what is the first thing? Oh, yeah, nobody who goes to prison is guilty. Well, sometimes you got to listen to people because, again, people are, are, if they don't have the means for a high powerful attorney, if they don't have all those other resources that other people have, then the criminal justice system is not fair and equal to them. And I think that's one of the things that we've talked about is making sure that at the local level, the criminal justice system is fair and equal to every person that's a citizen, no matter what race you are. Yeah, you know, it gets to the point of the fact that it's all about how do you how do you do someone like that, and how do you sleep at night knowing that you kept evidence away that that could prevent that could have um, uh, prevented someone from actually going through that that process? It's so much collateral damage. That's just them, the community, their family. You know, there are people that have gone through that man that have had to weren't even able to attend their mother, father's, brothers' funerals. Uh, yeah. So it, it's just it's just it's it's disheartening. It is. It is. Well, Keith, man, we're coming up on just you know seconds before we take our break, and actually we're we're getting ready to come up and take our break. But when we come back, we're going to bring in uh, Chief uh, David Boggs and talk about social media. But you're listening to You and the Law on the Bachelor News Radio Network. Greetings and great day, everyone. I am Elder Janelle Strickland, host of the Life Cafe radio broadcast from Maximizing Life Family Worship Center. I invite you to tune in every Saturday from 5 to 6 p.m. Tune in, maximize your life with the Word of God, and be blessed. Only on the Bachelor News Radio Network. Some regions are vast and empty, other areas we call closets. Fortunately, Kevin from the Container Store has answers. Hmm, right. Kevin, what gives you the power over space? I'd say Alpha Customizable Closets. With free design and Alpha's adjustable shelving and drawers, I can create space in any size closet. Kevin, master of space and closets. Or just Kevin. Plus, right now, save 30% on Alpha and installation and earn up to $500 in credit through February 10th. At the Container Store, where space comes from. Where is that music coming from? That's right. Put your hands together for Chief Keith Swag Humphrey and Chief Virgil Green. It's the You and the Law Show to broadcast every Tuesday, 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Bass News Radio uh, Network, WCOM in Chapel Hill, Carborough, Carver, North Carolina, and other uh, outlets to come. Thank them for. Uh, doing what they do, six four six nine two nine zero one three zero. The number is to to get in touch with them. Six four six nine two nine zero one three zero. And the chat room is open also on their Facebook page and our social media outlets as well. Um, happy belated Thanksgiving to all of you, um, Chief. Both Chiefs, as I we kind of corresponded on that day as well. But just want to say that to you and. Um, I cooked, ate, and went to sleep, just so you know. And your guess is on the line. <laughs> hey, man, that's okay, man. That's okay. You've earned, 
I think we've all learned that right to do that, man. Nobody's hey, gonna look hey, at me the wrong way. Hey, you and, know, you and, and it wasn't no, it was no real it. football on. What did, what did he say? <laughs> well, I, you know, I was going to say, like, you know, it's good on Thanksgiving to eat and watch football, but I think a lot of people were disappointed because the Dallas Cowboys played. Come on, man. All right. You know, that was just like watching, that was just like watching uh, the fight the other night with, with Mike Tyson. Uh, and, and it was a draw, and everybody know Mike Tyson won. But yeah, a lot of people yeah. were hoping that the Dallas Cowboys would have won on Thanksgiving, including my co-host T Swag. You know, oh, the Cowboys like lost, that man. now. Y'all gonna y'all gonna do that? <laughs> no, I'm just y'all saying. I'm, that, gonna say, I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna. Uh, I was just gonna say that so you get to your, your guess that you know. Hey, my black and yellow, we hadn't even played. We undefeated. They're going to take us off prime time. And all I got is Detroit and freaking Houston and Dallas and Washington. Like, I ate, <laughs> I cooked, I ate, and I went to sleep. That's what I did. <laughs> wow. Okay. Wow. All right. Well, okay. Y'all, well, y'all hey. keep on. <laughs> Well, hey, you know we 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 have a uh, a guest that's on the show with us uh, today. Uh, you know, Keith, uh, we met uh, you know Chief Boggs some years ago when he came from Kentucky to Oklahoma, uh, became good friends with him, and uh, so he is he's uh, was a police chief, former police chief, police chief in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. So we want to welcome you to the show, Chief Boggs. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for letting me be here. All right. Hey, Boggy thank you. Thanks. What's going on? What's going on, Boggy Box? <laughs> How you doing, Keith? It's great to hear from you, man. I'm doing good, man. You too, my man. You too. You too. What? Well, so hey, as, even as now you... you're sensitive about Dallas. That's what I hear. Man, come on, dude. Yeah. We'll fight about that, man. We'll, we'll, we'll have to. I've, I've had to put some hands on you about that, man. <laughs> Well, Chief Boggs, as you can see, sir, we, we definitely like to have a good time on the show. We like for our guests to to be relaxed and, and comfortable and, and just uh, have a good time with us on, on you and the law. And so we're definitely honored to have you uh, come on the show and, and talk to us about what you do. And uh, But, you know, I'll share with our listeners that you are the founder and CEO of a company called First Line Social. And so we'll let uh, we'll let you ca- kind of tell our listeners what First Line Social is about and a little bit about yourself and as we talk about social media in in policing. Gotcha. No, I appreciate that very much. So I you know, enjoyed a career in law enforcement and not not quite sure I'm finished with that yet, but uh, retired from law enforcement about 3 years ago. And I've been going around the U.S. teaching leadership. And so just for a quick backstory, I was teaching a class on executive leadership, and we were discussing, just like both you guys, you know, you all are mentors of mine, but we were talking about the current state of law enforcement, what's going on, what we need from our agencies, what we need from our employees, and what the community expects. And in that conversation, we really started talking about social media. And I realized that one of the things that's happening is 
we've generally got a PIO or somebody that's talking to social media, uh, getting that message out to our communities, and but we don't have a good way to capture what all of our employees want to say. And I thought, you know, there should be an app for that. That's a pretty simple thing to let all our employees contribute so that we can have all those voices talking to our communities. And turns out it didn't exist. So I had a company build it, and that's where First Line Social really came from. Okay. Okay. All right. And and along with that, you know, you mentioned, you know, you're re- retired as a police chief. You travel around the country, uh, you know, teaching, but you also you're a part of the, uh, what is it, FBI leader, which mm-hmm. is uh, a really good training program for law enforcement uh, around the country. But uh, teaching that in, in how, with some of the topics that we've talked about, uh, I know we're going to be talking about social media, but, you know, uh, how how big of a, is is this topic of social media and policing? Because, you know, a couple of weeks ago we had a show about uh, police officers using social media and, and you know, how police officers have been uh, disciplined and, and it's led up to them being terminated because of the things that they put out on social media. So it, how, is that something that you, as you travel around the country, that you hear uh, in your teaching about, the use of social media in 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 that form. Absolutely, you know it's a it's a big topic right now because we've got the intersection of several things in society, right? We've got a society that's relying on social media for a tremendous amount of its information, its news, it's how we interact with our governments. Um, you know we're we're using social media for so many different things than we did just five or ten years ago. And, you know, in that, uh, the policies inside of our agencies and even the legality of freedom of speech, privacy is struggling to keep up, right? So it's taking us some time to figure out how do all those things come together so that we're having the right conversation, using social media appropriately, and, and also respecting that our employees have a voice, a personal voice, in addition to their professional voice. So we, we talk mm-hmm. about it quite a bit. Okay, so with with this uh, software that you have, you explained that this this is something that police officers in the field they can utilize this software, which really kind of uh, helps promote community policing to some degree. But it's it's really kind of controlled by the PIO or the agency itself as to how that information is disseminated. Yeah, absolutely. So it's a, yeah, it is. It's a, it's a piece of software that resides in the cloud, and with a small subscription, you basically download it onto the uh, officer's phone, and they can take pictures, take video, add content, and it, if you can think about it like a virtual bucket, they'll hit send, and that'll go up to a bucket and sit there, so that the PIO for the agency, whether that's a dedicated employee or one of the men and women that are just wearing many hats inside of our agencies. Uh, they can take that, do what they need to do. They can edit it, uh, delete it. They can crop pictures, you know, whatever it is they want to do, and then push it to the social media channels that the agency already has a subscription to, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, those kinds of things. And, and that allows mm-hmm. the agency to stay in control of the message 
and yet kind of aggregate content from all of the employees. So everybody gets a voice. That was the goal. Okay, okay. Chief Humphrey, you got uh, anything to add in? David, actually, actually, uh, Chief Boggs and I came into Oklahoma about the same time, uh, maybe a few months apart. Uh, and yep. uh, one of the things that I want to share with, with the listeners is that David is always – he and I have had really good conversations about law enforcement, the, the, the uh, you know, what's going on, or the state of law enforcement. One of the things that he has always said is that we've got to put integrity back in the profession, that we have somehow lost the integrity and the trust of the community, and, and, and also, you know, that at some point law enforcement has also lost – uh, the community has also lost the trust of law enforcement. And so you do things, he's always talked about doing things to get those two entities back together. And, and this is another innovative idea to do that. And so I just wanted to share that with the listeners. He he gets it. David is the guy that gets it, um, holding his people accountable. Uh, I've seen David go head to head with the unions uh, on things that he just basically said, we're not going to do that. That's, that's not community oriented so i just wanted to say david you know how i feel about you man you you top-notch guy and it doesn't surprise me that you come up with this type of platform so i i appreciate it well i appreciate you it's i i think you know law enforcement has a shift to make and it's it's changed a lot in the 30 years i've been in it i'm sure both you gentlemen feel the same way every time we shift it's for the better because, you know, we've got this social contract that we're really trying to fill with the citizens that we serve, and we're really the only profession in the world that what we do for a living is actually completely defined by society, right? They have the total control over the contract with us, and to earn their trust and to earn their respect, we've got to make the appropriate shifts because that's what they want, and, you know, the power we have is given to us by our citizens, so... That, that respect has got to consistently be earned. It's not a one-time deal. Yeah. Well, well David, how is this going? How is this? Let me ask him something real quick, Virgil. So, David, how is this Go going? How was, how, was this, how has this been received by departments uh, and officers? So it's been well-received, but i got to tell you, you guys are early in my process. I've actually just kind of finished up with some of my beta testing, and it's now live and for sale. Uh COVID slowed everything down a little bit, as you might imagine. So, but it's been it's been really good. The people I've talked to about it, the PIOs I've discussed it with, are excited about it. So we're just now really getting it ramped up in terms of being available for sale. It's it's been live here for just a few weeks. So I'm excited about where we're headed. Okay. 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 Well, that's good. Mm-hmm. That's good. So I want to ask you this question uh, before we we've got about a couple minutes before we come up on a break at uh, six twenty five, but uh, what is what do you think is the public's uh, perception of police on social media? You know, personally, I believe it's very positive. I think we have a lot of support in society. It doesn't mean we don't have a lot of room to change and make make adaptations. It doesn't mean we don't have things to fix. But I think generally society appreciates law enforcement. And what they look for right now is transparency from their government. That's a word we hear a lot. Mm-hmm. And so what, what I think we're going to have to do through social media 
is increase that transparency. Social media is moving towards being a piece of a conversation. And for years, we've used it as a one-way push where we just occasionally make a post, we occasionally put something out. That is the piece I think needs to change. We all want to humanize our employees. We want them to understand that the men and women that work for us that do great work day in and day out, um, we have to find a way to represent that with some regularity and, and tell them what the real story is, what's going on in our organizations every single mm-hmm. day, not not just yeah. the thing you see in the newspaper or hear about once every few weeks. So I think social media is going to help us with that. We're just going to have to find better ways to use it. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, hey, guys, we're coming up on a uh, break, but uh, we're going to take a quick break, but you're listening to You and the Law on the Bachelor News Radio Network. If you want real discussions on politics, social issues, racial issues, and other topics, then tune into the Bachelor News Radio Show. Listen live every Monday and Thursday from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern at blogtalkradio.com. And if you miss the show, you can listen every Monday through Saturday at 8 a.m. and 3 p.m. Eastern and every Sunday at 5 a.m. and 3 p.m. at thebachelornews.airtime.pro. Listen and be informed. Join Barry Barnes for Locker Talk on the Bachelor Pad Network as he presents NFL news and evaluates players Fridays at 9 a.m. Eastern at blogtalkradio.com. On there, 646-929-0130, the number to get in touch with them. The chat room is open. We do have some callers on the line. I will be screening calls. If I come on the air and on your line and say, hey, how are you? Do you have a question for our guests or our host? Do not fret and think you're on the air. I'm screening the calls. You could just tell me, yes, you have a question or comment. No, you don't. I'll put you back on hold. We'll go from there. I did get a couple in. Uh, for your guests, uh, Chiefs, um, to your 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 guests, uh, one of which deals with the perception of where you want this app to go, sir. It says that uh, they they asked about the perception. They also mentioned about how the perception of the police and and black and brown communities may be different than mainstream. How do you overcome that with the app? How do you overcome it from a human standpoint, and how do you overcome it from a fake news standpoint was the question. Okay. Oh, that's a great question. I, I, no doubt that the perception of police is different everywhere in America, um, different in all communities that we serve, and certainly different in communities of color. Uh, studies show that. I think one of the things that social media can do is it can really help us connect and get our message out. We, we need everybody to know that we serve all the citizens in each community. The more videos we take of us doing things in all areas of our society, 
pictures with citizens uh, trying to represent all the good and positive things that go on, there's a message built into that that needs to get out. It doesn't eliminate the changes that need to be made. It certainly doesn't downplay anything that needs to be fixed, but we need to tell the whole story. And so I think that's a piece of what I'm trying to accomplish with this. Okay, okay. So explain to us and our listeners, uh, well, first of all, we realize this is something that just has not, you're still in the process of rolling this out, but do you see any uh, any pushback? Because you know us in the law enforcement community, sometimes there could be a hesitation to really want to, you know, uh, get involved with something like this here. So do you see any uh, any kind of resistance from some agencies from from utilizing this, or, but how, how, and how do you get out and and, and message that to to the chiefs and, and to the people who make the decisions to to implement this into their social media program? Sure, no, that's a great question. I I haven't gotten resistance yet, but it's early. I'm sure there will be. Right, everything comes mm-hmm. with pros and cons. I built it with some specific things in mind, and one of the things we know about social media as well is we don't want a hundred things hitting our Facebook page a day. It's a little overwhelming. Mm-hmm. So if you take your any agency and if you just get four or five people to help contribute content, your PIO is going to be dancing all over the room because that that's a lot of additional content to go out to the citizens. If we can get 5% of your organization or 10%, that's a tremendous amount of content. So the goal is mm-hmm. not to have every employee using this you know, daily or all the time. Certainly they, they could, but it's really not necessary. Our goal is just to increase the communication with the citizens, and we want that genuine, authentic content about you know, what we're doing day in and day out. And this is just one way to help provide that. So I think there's a place for it. Um, like with anything, I, I don't expect everybody to like it or it to work for every situation, but the goal is just to give us one more tool to communicate with the communities that we serve. Exactly, exactly. But, you know, we want to remind our listeners that if you're just now tuning in to, to you and the law on the Bachelor News Radio Network, uh, the calling number to the show is 646-929-0130. That's 646-929-0130. And uh, we have on, uh, as a guest with us today, is uh, David Boggs, who, is, uh, who has a, a social media uh, software that he is uh, getting ready to roll out to, uh, to police departments. Uh, and, uh, but the topic we're, we're talking about is policing and social media controlling your message in a new era. And that's the whole thing, you know, we talked about. Uh, Chief was, you know, how do you control your message? Because when you can't control your message, then you're, you're really, uh, you're, the the citizens are hearing something that is facts and not something that that they. Well, I saw this on another social media website. Right. Exactly. It's it it's all about brand management, right? And I don't say that like we're trying to manipulate anything, but our brand is comprised of all of our people and the actions that we take every day. And so we want to make sure that of all the millions and millions of great, great things that are happening out there, that we've got a, a way to get some of that out as well. 
so that we can make sure that the public is kind of seeing the whole agency. So, yeah, yeah. Well, and, you know, and that's just like, you know, we're talking about social media and, and, you know, just like, you know, we have a social media uh, page, you know, Facebook page, Instagram and Twitter. And, you know, and, and so there's a lot of things that we utilize on you and the law with social media. And one of the things that we want to ex- tell our listeners about, and we're going to mention this throughout the program, uh, Chief Boggs, is that we've got a new and exciting uh, website for our listeners to go to to uh, to listen to the latest episodes of You and the Law and all the other podcast shows that are on the Bachelor News Radio Network. And but the website is it, it is the Bachelor News Radio Network dot com. That's the Bachelor News Radio Network dot com. So you can go to that website. It's a it's a website that is that our producer has been working on, and you'll see our tab where it says "You and the Law." You can click on that, and you can listen to previous episodes. And uh, where you know, there's a lot of great shows that we've had. So, and a lot of good things are really happening with the the Bachelor News Radio Network. But I just wanted to put that in as we uh, go throughout the show. But uh, if uh, for our loyal listeners. That website again is the Bachelor News Radio Network dot com, and we're going to have a link to that on our social media, on our Facebook page and Instagram and Twitter, where you can click on that and it'll take you directly to that to that website. But, but Chief Fox, I mean, we're you know besides social media, how it is the social media thing is playing with in, in policing. Uh, you know what what are you know, last week we, we had an interesting topic where we talked about the criminal justice system, and you're, you're out here training, uh, you know, police officers, police chiefs from around the country. What, what are some of the things that, that you are hearing as you are, are out here uh, traveling around the country uh, that, that has a, an impact on policing? Well, I'm actually really encouraged by what I see and hear. I, I'm interacting with a lot of police officers of all ranks who are excited about where law enforcement's headed. There's hesitation, right? There, there are people who realize that change is never, never something that people just want to embrace, but they, they also know that we're doing great things, and I think they see that as an opportunity to continue to serve their communities. So I'm hearing really good feedback about that. We're having good conversations about the criminal justice system, how justice needs to be distributed equally across for all members of our society, and we're having deep conversations just like you all. I love what you're doing with this podcast and radio show is we're, we're having the hard talks, right? Has law enforcement, have we, have we had mission creep over the years? Are we trying to do too much for too many people, and that's making us uh, not serve the community the way they might want? Is the system have things that need to be fixed, right? Or does it have disparate impact, especially in our communities of color or certain areas of our cities? And how do we as law enforcement represent that better? And so I, I love where the conversations are going inside the classroom because I know they're taking that out and, and doing their absolute best to listen and do better for the people they serve. Yeah. Hey, David, really. I want to – 
David, I want to say one thing, and, and to you and the listeners, the classes that he's talking about, it, it gives those smaller agency leaders an opportunity to talk about the, uh, the these very interesting and needed topics. Uh, so we're not talking about just the major city chiefs. We're talking about small city chiefs, I mean, small to mid-sized city chiefs, command staff members. Uh, sometimes they send officers to these classes, but they're getting involved in these what some people would call controversial, which David Virgil and I call needed uh, conversations regarding uh, race, gender, uh, inequality in the criminal justice system, uh, things like that. So uh, uh, I'm glad we do have those type of resources for the smaller agencies. Absolutely. I I love the fact that there's people from all areas of law enforcement in every class. It's rare that we'll teach a class that will be concentrated with just one agency. And, you know, the other thing that that gives you to your point, Chief, is they get to hear from each other. What's it like in your town? What do your citizens expect? What, what needs to be done? What could I do differently to, so that our citizens are happy like your citizens are? And that cross-pollination between organizations is really valuable really valuable yeah and and a lot of times i have you found david a lot of times it's just a lack of of understanding or or that a lot of the chiefs it doesn't come down may not come down to a racial issue or or someone being a racist it just might come down to a person not understanding and not know how to and not understanding how to ask a question uh feeling feeling uh, insecure or afraid to ask a question. Is that, I mean, do you find that a lot of times? I think it can be. Um, in our classes, we try hard to give people a, a safe space to have the hard talk. It's tough okay. to look at what you do for a living and realize, am I making the difference I should be making, right? That's not – most men and women go out regardless of their occupation, and they work hard to do a good job every day. But sometimes you have to be able to step back take a bigger view and ask what do people really want from me? What's the best decision I can make? And sometimes that's no decision or, you know, but making sure that everybody's represented in the decision that you make. And that's, that takes a lot more thought. We're, we're hiring different men and women. Now we're asking a lot of difference from them. You gentlemen have probably noticed with me, we hire some really great people today. I, I can't say I was probably lucky to get into law enforcement uh, years ago, but uh, th these men and women are thinkers, and they're doing a good job of trying to dissect what does my community really need and what does that look like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, we're we're getting ready to come up on on our next break, but you know we've got a couple of uh, good questions, and one of the questions that we'll take when we come back off of the break is we've got a uh, Allen in Oklahoma. Uh, ask this question uh, about the disparate, uh, dis the, the distribution method uh, to get all of the agencies, especially in rural areas, because as you know, <clears throat> uh, a lot of rural area law enforcement, they don't often get the, the same resources and tools that bigger agencies get, but we're going to jump into that topic, that conversation when we come back from break, but you're listening to You and the Law on the Bachelor News Radio Network. Mm -hmm. 
If you're an African-American man, you need to know about oral cancer. Oral cancer is more common in African-American men than in any other group in the U.S. If you have a sore or lump in your mouth that doesn't go away after two weeks, see a doctor or a dentist. Most often, these symptoms don't mean cancer, but it's important to get them checked. If you do have oral cancer, it can be treated more successfully if it's caught early. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, National Institutes of Health. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Do you suffer from chronic CFED or can't focus energy drain? Try over-the-counter Vibrant. One tablet contains the same caffeine as a cup of coffee, but without the calories or coffee breath. Vibrant. Caffeine, not coffee. Taking Vibrant may result in increased productivity and decreased dread in setting alarms. Unexpected enjoyment of the graveyard shift has been associated with Vibrant. Vibrant may be a better budget option than drinking coffee. It may also decrease the urge to doze off, skip work, or exhibit signs of slacking. All jokes aside, always read the label, take only as directed, and limit caffeine as it may cause real side effects. Not for children under age 12. Line 646-929-0130, the number to get in touch with us, press 1 to get on the line. Uh, if you have a question, we will screen the calls. Um, as uh, the chief uh, mentioned that the rebroadcast of this is at the website, the bachelornews.airtime.pro, bachelor with a T, the bachelornews. I'm sorry, the bachelornewsradionetwork.com. We don't even know our own new website, the best news radio <laughs> network dot com. That's that a is hard working brother right there. And listen, you can go there and make sure that um uh you go to their page, you see their 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 handsome faces and their logo and all their shows there. Uh I just wanna remind you to to you and your your, your guest chief as well, uh that question from Alan, if I pull that back up, was about um, just so to be clear, Alan was saying he wants to know um, if the app is going to get to all the agencies, more specifically the rural areas that may have some some differences and, and classes. And then, guys, I know you have another one from Gary in Minnesota you can ask the question to. Thank you so much. All right, and thank you. Yeah, uh Chief Buck, so Allen in Oklahoma wants to know how you know how's this going to be, how's this going to get out to to small and rural agencies? And I guess obviously, you know, is this going to be affordable to those agencies uh, to use to use uh, in their communities? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So um, it's available on the web, right? It's actually a small subscription. It's called FirstLineSocial.com, 
all one string, firstlinesocial.com. And so it's going to have access to any size agency. Uh, I've gotten feedback that it's built so governments can use it, not just police departments. Fire departments can use it. I've actually had some professional associations that are looking at it. Chambers of Commerce are looking at it, uh, private businesses. Anybody that wants to get their employees engaged uh, really have the, the potential to need what this is because it's really one of a kind. So, mm-hmm. yeah, any size organization can use it, and it's priced accordingly. If it's a small agency, the price is nominal. Um, it's Like I said, it's a small subscription annually. Larger agencies pay just a little bit more, but it's not a lot. I don't give it away mm-hmm. for free, not, not, not because I'm not trying to be helpful, but I'm not saving anybody's data, right? Um, things that are mm-hmm. free, like you know, some of your big social media platforms, they're actually keeping a lot of your information in the background, and they can resell that right, to make advertising yeah. money. Now, I'm not doing mm-hmm. that. So this is just a true cost to bring it to market, but I'm not keeping any metrics on anyone. I'm not trying to you know, track anybody. It's simply a piece of software with an app. That's the police officer in me. I don't like my phone doing things I don't know about. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. All right. And and as you know, I mean, you know, uh, so many agencies across the country. Uh, you know, I'm saying something to you that you already know that that they're kind of feel that they're left out. But but from what I'm hearing, this isn't just for law enforcement. This is for pretty much anyone who wants to. Uh, allow their employees to utilize social media in in the context that 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 they want to get their message out. So this isn't just for law enforcement. This is for pretty much anyone anyone who wants to utilize the service. It absolutely is. I've even had churches that are interested. They could give it to every member of their congregation, and everybody could contribute to the Facebook page. And yet, whoever's managing that page stays in social total control of the brand or message that goes out. So I built it with the idea of law enforcement trying to make a difference, but it's Mm -hmm. interesting how it's kind of grown legs and it's looking a little bigger. I've got Canadian friends that are interested because it's web-based. It really doesn't even matter where our location is. So it's going to be Mm -hmm. fun to see where it goes. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, uh, T swag, uh, we got uh, another question from uh, Gary in Minnesota. You want to, uh, uh, Talk about that that question from Gary in Minnesota, and we definitely want to thank Alan and Gary for listening to you and along the Bachelor News Radio Network. Well, what's the what's the question? I didn't, I haven't gotten the question. It, okay, so Gary in Minnesota asks, does the app deal with these topics like race, gender, uh, stops, uh, disable? Uh, so it, there's several components to the question dealing with the mental mental ill. So, Chief uh, Boggs, I don't you know how you want to respond to that, but Gary in Minnesota is asking, does this app deal with these topics like race, gender, uh, stopping the disabled, uh, the mental ill, et cetera? Well, that's a fair question. So the app is designed to allow your, your officers or your employees, if they're, even if they're not law enforcement, to – take a picture, take a video, put some text with it, and send that out uh, so that their messaging is moving through the organization and then goes out across the the organization's social media platforms. Uh, It's not specifically about any of those topics, 
but I think all those topics are talked about inside of progressive police departments, and then we could use something like this app to communicate with our community, right? My Mm sister-in-law actually happens to be hearing impaired, and so I think it would be great if officers would take a minute and could do a really quick uh, text out to folks that may have a hearing impairment and could take a picture of a training that they're doing on, you know, folks that are hearing impaired. There's some great ways that we can be push and pull these messages so that we're talking to the right community partners. And I think that makes people feel more included in their agencies. So it has a lot of opportunity there, even though it's not specific to those topics. Okay. Okay. You know what, All right. you know what, Dave, I think that's a good point, Dave, because I think a lot of times we, we do, um, not intentionally, we do forget about our our, our community that that have uh, you know impaired that are have certain impairments and stuff, and 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 that's a good point that the that the listener brought up, and so thank you for covering that. Yeah, yeah well, I hey, think we it's, got a, it's really important. Yeah, well, well, guys, we got another question from Dave in Wake Forest. Uh, we want to thank Dave for listening to you and the law on the Bachelor News Radio Network and. He mentioned he's in law he's a, a in law enforcement and uh, and the question is let me get back to it where how uh, so having a person with this background make protecting your info safer so I I believe I think he is talking about um, when. Is the, if citizens are concerned about the information that's being shared through this app, that you know, obviously the citizens want to make sure that that information is is protected, and having somebody in law enforcement pushing that information out and disseminating that information, uh, that how that the public should feel confident that their information or the information that's being shared is is safe. And to to the to to uh, your point, um, Chief Green, um, I, he said that he didn't put he didn't mean to put the question mark. He was actually saying that it it seems safer because you have a law enforcement person with this app that maybe your info is safer because of the background of the person who put the app together is what he was saying. He wanted to take the gotcha. question mark off there. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, gotcha. Okay, got it. Got it. All okay. Right. Okay, good point. Man, that's super, super nice of him. Yeah, super nice of him. That, just so that everybody's clear, this app is also going to be for things that would normally end up on Facebook or LinkedIn or YouTube or Twitter. It would never be used for anything evidentiary or uh, criminal cases. It's not, it's not made for that, nor would that be something that an agency would choose to use it for. So it would only be things mm-hmm. you would normally see out on social media anyway, just hopefully a lot yeah. more of it, more representative. Yeah, well, and you know, uh, oftentimes, and I think you know, Keith and, and Little Rock, you've got a, you've got a civilian who has a background in, 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 in you know, working with the local uh, news media that does your PIO stuff, and a lot of different departments they use, you know, a police officer or uh, maybe a captain or a lieutenant to to push that information out, um, t- but. How do you how do you see uh, this this information this app really evolving uh, over the the next uh, say you know 
year, you know, what kind of benchmarks are you looking for this app to really um, to really provide to, to everyone to, that's going to utilize it, and not just in law enforcement? Yeah, certainly. I mean, the goal is to make sure, because I think right now we've probably got one or two people that are doing most of the communicating, whether it's in your business or in your government or police department across social media channels. And our employees are our businesses. Our employees want a voice, and society's looking for transparency. And I think letting our employees speak in a controlled and reasonable manner, because all businesses have to maintain their brand and we have to be, you know, respectful and, and cautious about what we say, uh, this allows everybody to talk. And so my, my hope with this is it gets widely ad- adopted. I, I think it is uh, – something that's pretty unique. It's something that's not out there. And so I see big things. I'm excited. Of course I should be. It's yeah. mine. So, I mean, that's <laughs> yeah, crazy exactly. for me can, to tell you. I don't think I, it's going can anywhere. I ask, I, can I ask Chief yeah, ahead, uh, Boggs a quick question, guys? I, I, I do apologize. Thank you for allowing me no, to. Uh, 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 Chief, uh, it's really a twofold for you guys. So, so Chief, um, what what would you say is the – the greatest asset um, for the app, strictly for law enforcement, because, you know, of your background or whatever, um, to help immediately. And then I would ask both Chief Green and Humphrey, what would you want to use it for right away to get some form of message out to your agencies and, and your, uh, your, 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 your people in your agency and your communities? So Chief Boss first. Yeah, I'll take the first part first. I I think what it gives its greatest strength is it lets our social media channels really communicate to our communities. Uh, small snippets about, hey, everybody's going out tonight from roll call. They're going to protect and serve. And if you see them out, make sure you wave, right? A 10-second video. That, that's actually very powerful, and so if we can do that, if we can let all of our employees begin to have a voice, I, I think that's going to really resonate with our communities. I think that's my powerful piece. Well, I think the real-time message uh, is just like what David just said regarding you going to briefings, and you know, a lot of times citizens think that when we have briefings, that's where we plot on taking advantage or we plot on our heavy handed policing methods and to show the briefings, to show the officers are really enthusiastic about getting out there, helping them, uh, getting information out real time instead of waiting a couple of days after something else happens that might outweigh the good message we're trying to send, uh, something that someone else sends that might have a negative tone to it. I think getting it out there right then and there is really a, a good idea to, in, in helping bridge the gap between law enforcement and the community. So I, I, I'm all about the real-time uh, methods of doing stuff. Mm, yeah, it, it's a – you know, anytime you can utilize social media to connect to your community, because a lot of people, no matter what age group you are um, – even our older generation, they're they're utilizing social media, and 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 so when you can put out something that's that's something positive that's going on in your community, that just builds uh, you know a better partnership 
between the police and the community. And, you know, we've had shows where we talk about building the bridge, and, 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 and this is this falls into that category of how do you build a bridge with your community. And, and there's a, you know, I have to, you know, there's a lot of police officers uh, around the country that are, that are doing some, a lot of good positive things with social media. And, and Keith, I know, I don't know if you've had the opportunity to meet Tommy Norman and he's a police officer in North Little Rock, but you talk about somebody who has become a public figure. He is, all over social media in every positive way of uh, sharing things that's going on in North Little Rock. And, and it's, if, if you, if we had a thousand Tommy Normans, I think that would improve the relationship between police and communities because this guy here, he is doing everything he can to, to, to share something that's positive that's going on, especially in the minority community. Yeah, I, I agree, um, and, and and that's the thing about it. It's it's in the it's in the minority. That's why he's very well loved in North Little Rock, just based on the things that he yeah, has yeah. done. In the, in yeah, the I think he could actually uh, he could he could actually run for governor if he wanted to and become the governor of, of Little Rock as as well and as he, he is, is, is now. You know. It, um, uh, Chief Green, and and you know, I just said I, I just want to just and just say that this is a, a a great show, and I appreciate you, Chief Boggs, on and and with all of your experience, it means a you guys are old, but it also means you have a lot of experience. Of course, I'm teasing you guys. I'm teasing, you. <laughs> but 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 when you look at it though. It's two things. I think Chief Humphrey hit it on the head. When you guys have those briefings, I don't know if from a security standpoint, again, you guys, I'm ignorant to it, that, that you can have, like, real conversations and, and have it live, streaming live. I don't know if, if Chief Fox, you could do that with your app or whatever the case may may be. Um, but uh, that's one element of it, if you could do that and how that guy looks to, to the civilians. But the other thing is that I've had, and I'm getting a lot of noise in the background here, so I'm going to mute something here. Um, yeah. uh, the, the other thing is I've had some experiences. People had, have had experiences in the, the town I lived in where I got stopped, and thank God I have the power of the mic, I, I would say. I'm just being honest. And so that chief of police went out of his way to show, no, it's not racially motivated. It's, it is what it is, and here's what it is. And he invited me and my, my kids to the department and everything and all that kind of stuff. But everybody doesn't have that kind of experience. So uh, I'm thinking that, you know, for me as a civilian, that's what I want to see. I want to know is policing where you walk in the beat and, and it's and it's – you know, black, brown, white, whatever you are, we're still a community. And I think that's if I want to see an app, if I want to go on a social media, that's what I want to see. I want to feel that. I want to see it. And I want it to be a reality, guys. So I mean to take up. I just wanted to get your thoughts on, on those things. Yeah. Well, hey, you know, we're, we're coming up on about the last few seconds of the show, so we don't want to get uh, uh, get interrupted. But. You know, uh, Chief Boggs, we definitely want to thank you for coming on You and the Law and talking to us about 
this new app that you're that you're going to be pushing out to not just law enforcement but the, but the, in the public sector as well. Uh, so, but we're definitely going to have to get you back on the show uh, to talk some more things uh, related to law enforcement. But uh, but Keith, you know, a, another great show, uh, sir. But Chief Boggs, we definitely thank you. But we want to remind our listeners that. Go to the new website, the Bachelor News Radio Network dot com, and check out the new website and check out the previous uh, episodes of You and the Law. But uh, Chief Boggs, thank you. Boggy, and, uh, Boggy Boggs, Boggy Boggy Boggs, man, good to hear from you. <laughs> uh, uh, thank right. you so much, well, guys. Hey. I really appreciate it. All right. Well, hey, listeners, we want to thank you for listening to You and the Law, but you've listened to You and the Law on the Bachelor News Radio Network, and we'll, we'll see you next week.